Hello and welcome to the Highway to Health show. I am your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy. Joining us on this episode is Dave Nelson. Dave is an old friend of mine who's been in the health and wellness space for his entire professional life. He's been a bodybuilder, a fitness model, frequent contributor to fitness magazines and media, and for the last 10 years or so, an entrepreneur. In that time, Dave has started a handful of businesses and authored two books, the latest of which we're going to discuss in this episode. Stick around to learn how he went back to the basics to reverse a lot of the aches, pains, and limitations that two decades of heavy lifting and not-so-functional training had inflicted in his body. If you're tuning in for the first time, welcome to our show. Make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this episode. New episodes come out every Wednesday. And for everyone else, welcome back. Before we go on to today's interview, let me remind you that this show is sponsored and produced by another one of my companies, podcastinabox.co. I came up with the idea for Podcast in a Box after I realized that I had been meaning to start a podcast for two years and just kept putting it off. I had already spent a couple thousand dollars in courses. I was in forums. I had read two books about it and basically had been, quote unquote, learning how to do it while not actually doing it. If that sounds at all familiar to you and you're tired of seeing so many new podcasts come up and yours is still just an idea, then Podcast in a Box might be exactly what you need. Our team at Podcast in a Box can handle anything and everything that has to do with planning, launching, editing, publishing, and marketing your podcast. We can do as much or as little as you need us to do to finally get your podcast going and getting you the attention of your ideal audience. To find out more and see if your idea is worthy of a podcast, just head on over to podcastinabox.co and click on the appropriate button. When prompted, make sure to mention Dr. E's Hi to Health show and the How Did You Hear About Us section. But now, let's get to it. Here is my conversation with Dave Nelson. And remember, you are on the highway to health, and I'm your guide to get you there. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting-edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Highway to Health Show. I am your host, Dr. E, the Stem Cell Guy, and sitting with me today is a good friend of mine. We've known each other for literally more than 10 years now, and his name is Dave Nelson. So Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I've been very interested in what you're currently up to. It's kind of hard keeping up with you and with everything (laughs) that, you know, it seems like every couple of years you're reinventing yourself and doing something kind of like with the same following a a thread, but still different. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what got you started in looking into improving a workout, a routine that what you're currently doing right now? Yeah, well, when we met 10 years ago on a cruise ship, I was Mr. Fitness. I was living and breathing the fitness industry. I was writing for different magazines and training twice a day and, you know, spent a lot of time in the gym and, you know, had had a background in sports. And then sort of, as you said, I've, I've gone on many paths since then and probably fell off the fitness wagon. And then what really got me back into it is I really lost all passion for gym. I really started to question, why am I driving half an hour to sit in a gym to lift a piece of metal it's not very functional i don't plan on having 220 pounds on my you know on my chest that i'm going to have to require to push up from a lying position in my life too often and i really wasn't enjoying it just going through the motions and 
And then I got into hospitality and, and other businesses. And I really just got out of shape, I guess. If you saw me in, a, in clothes, you'd say I was still super fit. But, you know, I wasn't. <laughs> I just sort of had that muscle memory, I guess. And then what, what really triggered me to do something about it was I wanted to get back into surfing. I wanted to get back into health and fitness. I was in a little bit of a rut. And I, and I went out and I used to be a bit of an athlete. And I went out to surf and I couldn't even sit on the board for longer than five minutes. My hips, glutes, adductor, everything would cramp up. And it was in that same period I went to go just start running again, just start sprinting again and really get back my vigor, my youth. And I couldn't run around the block without both knees just about <laughs> caving in. And I've sort of thought to myself, this is diabolical. I'm, I'm 32 and, and feel 52 um, and I'm, I'm a sports guy. So, you know, that really um, was a wake-up call and I'm like, I've got to do something about this because otherwise, you know, I am going to be, you know, I'm going to be 33 feeling 63 at this rate. So I dove headfirst into yoga, mobility work, and that led me to breath work. That led me to Pilates. And before I knew it, I was just doing all these different movements to really decompress and open the body and release tension, release stress. And then I did a lot of sports conditioning as well to kind of build the joints back up as well. And, and I went on this kind of probably like a, an eight to 12 week journey and it was magical. I mean, my whole body transformed into a way I was able to move now at 32 better than I was at 16. And I did that in such a quick period of time. And, and that was exciting because when you release the body through yoga and mobility, you don't just release tension in the body, you release a lot of other stuff as any good chiropractor will tell you, you know, you release emotions and tension and stress and anxiety, whatever it may be that can all live in the body. And yeah, life started to get a whole lot better. And that's what really dove me back in and said, hey, I want to, I never thought I'd get back into fitness because I sort of thought everything had been done. But then I sort of said, hey, wait a minute, I want to do a workout that encompasses yoga, Pilates, mobility, sports conditioning. I still want to do my weights, but there's nothing out there. You know, some of these online programs have 5,000 workouts, but they're kind of all over the place. You kind of start a few, never finish. There's no system. There's not a lot of thought. There's not a lot of science behind it. And I really saw a big gap in the market. And I thought, hey, I don't know that anyone in the world's training like they're meant to. I don't, I don't see anyone training in, in total balance, encompassing all these all these methods of movement. So that's what sparked the idea. Yeah, that's super interesting. A couple of things there. Number one, that you noticed that despite you being quite young and with a background of a very active lifestyle, you found very early on that just by neglecting movement and exercise for a little bit, you would start getting these difficulties to get back on it. And one of the mistakes that I think a lot of us make or made or continue making even is that as we were growing up, suddenly you, you know, you hit 15, 16 and you can move, you can do pretty much everything and you start abusing your body a little bit here and there. And then the next time you want to work out and you're 18, you can still do it and you can still sprint and you can still, you know, exercise and you play a, a soccer match and whatnot. And then we forget about it. And suddenly people hit their 30s and they're like, oh, no, no, no I really got to get into shape. And then they hit the wall and they're like, oh, my God, this is awful because now I can no longer do these things. Now, the common knowledge is, you know, when you got back and you sat on your board and you couldn't hold that position for a while, you couldn't run more than a couple of blocks. The common knowledge is, oh, you just got to keep doing it, right? You just, you just got to keep doing it a little bit at a time and, and, and it'll get better. 
so I wonder, considering your background is what it is in the fitness industry and so far into it, what made you actually look elsewhere instead of utilizing that common knowledge and say, you know what, now nah, let me look into different areas. Yeah, well, I think there's just a lot more knowledge about mobility and yoga and there's a lot more new information out there about the importance of multiple weight because the, the old school days in my you know in my day of 10 years ago fitness is you know just stretch hold a hamstring stretch that'll fix everything right you know but i think um naturally just being into biohacking and listening to a lot of people in the space everyone was starting to go hey no we really need to strengthen and lengthen the tendons we need to you know decompress the body we need to release the tension we need to change the way we move we need to build the stability muscles around the joints and get our proper movement, get our flow back and get our spine moving and fluid moving up and down the spine again. So I think I was lucky that I was still listening to a lot of these biohacking, fitness or fitnessy health related pieces of content. So I kind of realized just through that, hey, no, I need to I need to go beyond here because I think when you have the philosophy of, oh, just keep doing it with the wrong technique, the wrong form, that's why people stay unfit forever because they're always injured and they'll, they'll go the next 20 years of attempting exercise, always with a bad back, always with a bad knee. It's like, no, that shouldn't be, <laughs> that's not right. And then the other thing I noticed as well is most people when they've got a knee injury, like, oh, I need, I need 100 knee exercises for my bad knee. It's like, well, no, you probably don't. You need to, you need to go and get your whole body back in balance. <laughs> you know, it's not going to help at all. It's a ref- probably a referral pain. So you need to fix the root of the problem and get your whole body working together. I remember when I was at the stem cell clinic, we had this one guy and obviously, well, I won't tell you who he is, but he was a, you know, Mr. USA and Mr. Universe a couple of years. And sure enough, you know, he was in his late fifties, early sixties, and he was a wreck, like total wreck. You would have thought if it wasn't for the amount of muscle that he still had on him, you would be hard-pressed to think that he was a fitness example, that he was like the epitome of fitness because he had all these metabolic disorders. He had obviously bad knees, bad hips. That's the reason why he came down because he couldn't even pretend to squat. He needed help to sit in a chair now because his knees were so bad, his hips were so bad, his ankles were so bad from abusing his body. So I think you're absolutely right. And it's something that we do see a lot of in the fitness industry in general. It's like people are abusing their bodies to a certain extent and are not really recovering, are not really doing the rest of what we could be doing. And we see this with athletes. When I stop and think and I see, you know, soccer players and, you know, 32, they're considered old. And 32, 33, 34. And then you see some others like Slatan Ibrahimovic, and he's he's approaching 40, and he's still a field player, and he's still going. So he must be doing something different than the rest of them, right? So why don't you tell me a, a little bit about this whole routine? What did you discover? And it seems like you started stacking a couple of different disciplines onto each other. Is that kind of like accurate? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like bringing all the pieces of, of the puzzle together because I knew... I knew how important breath work was. I knew I couldn't do a routine and get my body to where I wanted without yoga. I knew I had to do Pilates to really just strengthen those. It's not just because stretching and getting mobility, it's not just about stretching. It's about strengthening the right areas and the right those small muscle groups that we neglect, especially as guys. So I knew I needed to do that. I knew I needed to do mobility. 
And I had a list of eight modalities. I'm just like, I can't not do any of these. They're all, my buy-in to all of them was so, so high. Like I love and appreciate every little move of yoga, Pilates, and I built this connection with the body where I really see the beauty in them. I see why people practice them every day. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, well, Hey, I'm 33 here. I'm oh, yeah, 32 here. I'm 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 not a pro athlete. I'm I don't have a million dollars from Nike coming in a year, so I probably can't sit here and train for five hours a day because um you know I've got a I've got bills to pay. So the question really become and and then I was working from and I was where I was living. I didn't want to go to a gym anymore. So the question was, how can I do all this in one session? And that question led me to just playing with these flows. And as I did it, I realized I could do it in about an hour and I thought it was a real sweet spot. It wasn't too much. It wasn't too fast, even though you're going through, you know, eight different modalities in an hour. I think it's actually about perfect for our, our attention span. I think the great thing about this workout is you do an hour of power is you don't really, it's so many rounds that you get to 40 minutes in and you kind of have, you're not bored where for me, and the reason I don't do yoga every day and I think most of my network doesn't do yoga every day, is they probably get too bored to do it for a full hour. And not only that, it's like you don't want to just train yoga because if you're just a yoga instructor, are you able to run, sprint, lift, jump, you know, do all these other forms of exercise? As a generalization, the the answer is no. If you're just a gym guy like I was and you're lifting weights and you might have, you know, your, your veins are coming through your bicep and you're filling out that shirt so you're puffing around town feeling good about yourself. But if you can't touch your toes or run a lap of the oval and can't last three minutes in the ocean, I'm not that impressed. I'm not impressed at all. Actually, I'm kind of <laughs> like I was with, with myself, kind of like, wow, you you got you to change. So I think, yeah, there was two sides to it. In A, I think you really need these multiple areas to create a holistic training approach. Then also functionally, just to get the most out of life, like I wanted to be able to go rock climbing or surf or run, sprint, tennis, whatever it may be, go to yoga class, live life to the max and live that. There's nothing better than an active lifestyle, in my opinion. And and this program really creates you into that all-round athlete in a way, or everyday athlete, I guess, is, is the philosophy. That's actually something very interesting that I think that is often neglected because we tend to think that, well, my thing is weightlifting or my thing is sprinting or my thing is, you know, endurance running. And you're absolutely right. When it comes to the day to day, you know, maybe you are like an endurance athlete and you like to run ultra marathons. And so you need to run, you know, 200 miles a week. And then that dictates your lifestyle. But when you're talking about everything else and you're spending all of your workout time in the gym, and let's say you put in an hour a day to work out and you're just lifting heavy things, that is still seven hours a week out of all the hours you have in a week. And the rest of the time, you're not functional because you cannot move. You cannot sit straight. I remember listening to an interview with uh, Chris Pratt, the actor who played uh, Star-Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy and in this, you know, all these Marvel movies. And he was talking about their workouts. And I think Chris Evans as well, Captain America. And some of them were saying like, oh my God, those things are brutal. You cannot move for, I mean, you look great. I'm not going to say no, but you cannot move. You cannot do crap without it hurting you. And they're like, that's no way of living. You do that for the movie and you're in pain for the entire movie, but then you never keep up with that because that's simply not 
functional. You have to live life. You have to play with your kids. You have you want to run around. You want to play an informal match of tennis or something. And if you cannot move, then what's the point of you being super cardiovascular fit, right? Being ripped just to be ripped for our ego and our appearance. And then often what comes with that, you're you spot on is, you know, I, I have to laugh, like guys train beyond failure on leg day. They can't walk for a week and they don't recover properly. But not only can they not walk around the house, but how do you really think their performance is going to be as a person at the workplace? You know, they're going to have that, you know, very stereo, I'm generalization here, but they're going to be that grumpy bodybuilder type that hasn't eaten enough carbohydrates because they want to show abs and sore all the time. I didn't want to live my life that way. And then it's, you know, funny that I, you know, really indulged and dived into the concept of flow, which is very heavily influenced by Bruce Lee. And if you look at Bruce Lee's training style really deep, he's like, if you're going to lift weights slow, you better lift them fast. And I think there's a famous quote that he goes, if you're going to train for muscle, well, boy, you better train flexibility and range of motion. And he got it. He got it all the way back then. And, and I think he's probably had, you know, a, a, a great physique, highly functional, um, you know, obviously you know, didn't avoid death at an early age, but, you know, seemed to have it all together, body, mind, spirit. Yeah, but correct me if I'm wrong, he didn't die like of metabolic disease. He died of an accident, some sort of an accident or something like that, right? Medica- uh, medication contradiction with, or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, t- I mean, it's not that he did something to his body that he would, you know. <laughs> so, anyway, tell me about this flow that you've put together now, because, it certainly works for you, but now I, it, it is my understanding that you've actually created a system and then you've got a book and you've got a, a series of uh, workouts. Are they together? Do they go hand in hand? So tell me about something like this because people are probably listening right now and saying like, wow, that doesn't sound half that bad because I don't really like spending an hour in the gym. I don't like spending an hour in, in yoga. So if I'm going to work out, might as well do some sort of a, of a fun stack. So how can people actually get involved in something like this? Or do they have to go out there and create their own? Yeah, no. So yeah, we do it in a 28-day cycle. And the, and the other weakness I really saw in most workouts, especially online workouts, but even in a lot of group fitness is I've always been taught the basics of sports or any, any they're the fundamental element of any sport training is progression. <laughs> you want to be able to track and improve. I'm shocked how little f- the fitness industry right now tracks anything. It's all work out of the day, do a new one every day. Well, a new one every day is not, not always a good thing because how do you know if you're improving? And I was going for a lot of these functional fitness classes and two weeks in, you're kind of like, well, it's all easy for me now, but I don't know if I'm slacking off. There's, there's no measurable. So ours is very, very specific that every cycle at the end of the 28-day period, you want to go up in weight and repeat that 28-day cycle. And we work in periodization, going through upper body, lower body, full body, and an active recovery day. And we repeat that seven times. The workouts gradually get harder towards the end of the cycle as your body adapts as it should. And in those early workouts, we're building the stability muscles and, you know, we're building this strengthening and lengthening the joints, tendons, so that you get better and stronger throughout the workout. And then you repeat the whole process and go up in weight. And the great thing is I even like, so we filmed with a girlfriend of mine, Ray, she come into filming needing to get a reconstructive surgery on her shoulder. And she actually had one of her tendons in her ankle snapped and only had, I think, I don't know how it works. You probably know better than me. So I think there's two tendons left. And anyway, by training this way in balance, stuff just started to get better. By the end of it, oh, my God, my shoulder's not hurting anymore. What, what's going on? 
And I've had that response quite a bit when people start to train in balance very, very quickly. All these niggles go away. Why? Because the body's in balance. That's the concept of the online workout itself, which is separate to the book. But the book obviously refers back to the workout. But the book goes more into mindset, diet, philosophy. Um, it's probably a little bit more um, psychological, spiritual in a way. You know, after I read the book, the copy that you sent me, I thought that that was a very, very interesting part of it when you addressed that whole mindset and, and spirituality concept on a same level as you did for fitness and for the workout itself, because I do believe that that's how we need to approach it. We need to recognize that our mind leads our body and it helps it go where we want to go. And, and if we align everything together, I remember I hate working out. I mean, I, I know I have to, but I'm the kind of guy and I, it's funny because I've The only times that I've stuck to an exercise routine for, for a longer period of time is when I've had a trainer. And the reason is because I kind of feel forced to go. And it's funny because all the time the trainers are like, you're one of the very few people that literally shows up and just wants to get this whole thing done. Everyone kind of like shows up and wants to start slow and wants to, you know, warm up into it. And, and you're the opposite. You just want to get started because you want to leave. <laughs> like that's that's my goal it's like my goal for today is to finish this workout so i can get the hell out of here and i think a big part of it is because i didn't have enough mental buy-in i didn't have it's it's kind of like i knew it was good for me but i didn't really enjoy the whole thing didn't really i wasn't fully into it almost like like if my parents had signed me up for it and now you have to go right so that's actually very very interesting and i like that How did you come into realizing that? Because in the book, you walk us through, you know, a certain period in your life where looking from the outside in, it looked like, you know, you were sorted out and you, you know, the, the money wasn't a big worry anymore and it, you had it, not that it was overflowing, but you had it all figured out, but inside it just wasn't working for you. So how do you actually put that piece together as well? Because so far I get, you know, the breath, the yoga, the Pilates, the weightlifting. But how did you come to realize that, you know what, the mindset and the spirituality are also just in the same level as everything else? I first come up with the program of the fitness element. And then I'm like, and the book sort of come organically or, or by accident because I'd written a fitness program and I got to a point where I'm like, well, if people don't adjust their mindset, the mind-body connection is so strong that their body's probably going to break. And they're going to go back to their old ways. But then on the same aspect, I think that, I think it's both ways. The body-mind connection strong and the body-to-mind connection strong. And I think a lot of people, rigid body, rigid mind, I say. I think I say that in the book as well. And I truly believe that when your body is very stiff and stuck and sore and, and whatnot, I believe it affects your personality, your, your aura, your energy, your flow. So, yeah, I, I thought, like, well, I need to just write... What, and because I've done so much self-development and you know over the years and I've taught a lot of self-development and mindset, psychology, marketing, sales, leadership, you know, it's been a big part of my life for 10 years. And as I say in the book though, last year I kind of mentally had a mini collapse. And then I went back to sort of the basics of Zen, Taoism, Buddhism, the stuff I read 10 years ago, and within a day or two, I was clear again. And I'm like, wow, I've just done a full 360. How how can I have I know I know this stuff. Why do I need to reread it 10 years later? And my theory is kind of like fitness. We're just bombarded with the next big thing, the next secret. But the Buddha didn't keep studying every other method. He had his own and repeated it, you know. So when you have a good formula, 
you should just repeat it and stick to it. So I'm like, well, I need to create a formula for myself that I can teach that's simple, that's in line with, I think, flow and Taoism is, and Buddhism is, is more prevalent, more, it's needed more than ever. And if you read their principles, you almost think it's written more for today than, than back then. And, and it started, hey, here's 10 mindset principles to keep your mind in flow, to keep your mind going from that overthinking, that worry, because when we're stressed mentally, we're worried, we're anxiety, we're, you know, overthinking the monkey mind, what do you think happens to the physical state of our body? It's not, it's, do you think it's free and relaxed? No, it's tense, you know, and, and that's how you live. So the connection was so strong. So I'm like, all right, how do I make sure people's minds during this process are in flow, are released, are going with the flow, are, are living effortlessly? Because our movement is all about effortless movement. And I always reference in the book and in my training, we want to move in flow like Roger Federer. We don't want to just move like Roger Federer on the court. We want to live like Roger Federer. And he's, he's probably, I think Roger Federer is a great example. He, he seems to be very in flow in his personality, very relaxed and very calm and make the most of all opportunities. So he, he's almost got a little bit of flow or Zen or Taoist about his personality as well. And then I got onto going, hey, but if people don't understand the universal laws, which is another big part of, of Taoism, like living with in line with nature, which is kind of the fundamental teaching. I'm like, well, if people don't understand the universal laws, even if the mindset's right, they're going to run into a lot of issues. They're not going to understand why certain things are happening in their life. So then I started adding that. And then before I knew it, I had 20,000 words and then 25,000, then 30. I'm like, oh, I've got to write a book now. And, you know, and tried to simplify a wide range of topics, body, mind, spirit, flow state, triggering the flow state, getting into your peak performance. And it was like, how do we bring that all into one book and how do we link it all to flow? And actually, it was very easy because everything goes back to that effortlessness, that flow, which the concept is we need to live and move like water, you know, is, you know, the famous Bruce Lee quote, you know, when water enters the teacup, it becomes the teacup, you know, that type of philosophy. So, yeah, that's how it all kind of come together. And before I knew it, um, I had a fitness program a book, and then I did a video piece on most of the chapters in the book for the people in the fitness program um, as well. So there's a lot of, uh, there's video, there's audio, there's book, there's a workout. There's a lot of stuff now. It's been a wild few months. <laughs> You've made the most out of the quarantine, which is better than what most people have done. Most people have just put on weight and watched a lot of Netflix. So um, it actually goes... A little bit as well with, you know, reminds me of stoicism of, you know, this philosophy of life. And ultimately, what you said about the Buddha also reminds me of my mentor, Darren Hardy. I go every year to his business masterminds. And it's so amazing that it's, it's essentially the same curriculum. But every time you listen to it, because you're a different point in your business, in your life, you get something different. And that's the reason why most of us keep going back. And he tells you, he's like, you don't need new stuff. You just, most of the time, you just need to be reminded. You just need to be, you know, you know what you need to do, but then you forget about it because you get so tied into the today and the last stuff you read and all these things. And I remember when I, I think it was 2016 or 2017, one of those years that I figured, you know, that's when I really, like 2015, I really got into, into reading. I've always done speed reading, but I never really done a lot of personal development and, and, and nonfiction. And so for the next year, I said, I'm going to read 250 books this year, you know, five a week, mostly just to figure out if I could do it. And I figured if I read 20 books last year and I grew so much, 
wow, I can only imagine when I read 250. And I told him about that. And he said, you know, I probably wouldn't recommend doing that. But I went ahead and still did it. And at the end of the year, he said, so how did it work out? And I said, you know what, honestly, I, I did not have time to digest everything. I read 250 books, but then you don't have really have the time to apply and to digest and to understand and to and to do all these things. So I ended up just more confused than growing. So it's same as my story, because I think, yeah, that's the common motivational quote. The average CEO reads 50 books a year. You need to do the same. Well, it might not be the best philosophy because <laughs> can create kamikaze show in the brain and and yeah and the but, but be writing the book's been great for me because i wrote it for myself as much as anyone because i've got a list here's the 10 mind blockages that that go flow so i'm going over them and calling you know if i've written a book i kind of now i'm accountable to live it so <laughs> the ultimate accountability is to write a book because now when i go to you know down at pizza late at night it's like oh god i've got a i've got a book that talks about no gluten Better not do that. <laughs> so it's been good. <laughs> That's actually super interesting. You're absolutely right because sometimes you hear, you, you know, you see all these people that on the on the one side they make a business out of doing one thing, and then they they don't necessarily live their life that way, and their credibility goes down the drain. And it also makes you wonder, like, well, what about the rest of the system? Does it? I mean, is, if it was that good, he really wouldn't have that struggle, or he really wouldn't be having that issue, right? But Going back to the entirety of the, of the workout and the flow and all these things, is it suitable for anyone? Like, I know that you, you mentioned that, you know, you've got different cycles and the intensity, you know, it, it increases as, as you progress through it. But what if somebody, you know, somebody in their 60s who hasn't worked out for X amount of years, somebody with certain disabilities, somebody with, you know, pregnant women, what would be kind of like the limitations or is this like really all encompassing where it's like, listen, if, if there's something you can do, you don't do it in terms of the workout, but everything else I'm assuming kind of like works, right? Yeah. We have a lot of modifications because you can obviously do super lightweight. You can do half reps and lower the intensity. So if it's a 30 second routine, you do it for 15. However, do I think someone at 60, 65, maybe someone that's holding a lot of weight should and could do this? Potentially not, which is why one of my biggest things for 2021 first quarter is to do a flow state light, a low input or LI, low impact. And the reason for that is, is I believe so much in the concept of the flow movement, the routine, the mindset, the philosophy, it all coming together, the flow diet. So then the question becomes, well, how can we make sure everyone can be part of this movement and be part of this? So then I've already planned it out in the sense it'll still be the same eight strategies or methods. Yep. It'll just be more body weight, a little bit lower impact, a little bit less jumping. Because in the sports conditioning and whatnot, we are training you to land soft and to really move with flow and get connected with that body weight and find softness in, in your movement. But, you know, 60% of America is, I think, classes obese. Can a person that is obese walk into this work out and thrive? Probably not. A lot of people will will because they'll have grit and they'll push through. So yeah, I, I do want to do a light version as well. And even for people in their 70s, you know, that's the biology of their body, it's just, it's not designed to be able to move like that at that age because of maybe what they haven't done for the last 70 years. So, you know, I would say to do the program, if you can do, you know, a knee push up, a burpee, and run 50 meters, you're, you can do this program. You know, you don't have to be fit. And with the modifications, you're going to develop so fast. And the way we train your body to take impact and connect your body and mind, 
you're going to be able to take the impact off your landing. So people are going to transform in this program. They're going to be able to do things with their body they never thought possible because of the training and the development. We're kind of training people like elite athletes. So we're doing similar moves. Like you see LeBron James on med balls and doing a lot of balance stuff, super lightweight. People think athletes are all oh, squatting 250 kilos and power, power, power. That's not how athletes train. And that's how gym goers all train. And it's not smart because often the people they're copying are on, you know, 12 mil of testosterone a, a day or <laughs> God knows what. Or even if they're not, they're not functional. And it's kind of like, say, you know, don't do things or don't follow the advice of people who you wouldn't trade places with. That's not how you want to look. That's not how you want to live eventually. Then don't, don't necessarily follow that. And the reason I asked is because a lot of the times I think that people kind of like fall into that trap into that box that they box themselves into. And because so many other things haven't worked out for them before that they kind of like announce and determine that, Oh, I cannot do workouts. Oh, I, I cannot do any exercise routines. Oh, that just doesn't work for me. But in reality, after talking to you before and after looking at the different concepts in the book and whatnot, I do believe that most everyone will be able to do it with certain modifications. Of course, you know, if somebody is, you know, 300 pounds, you're not going to ask them to jump from side to side, but there might be, I mean, they can still do the breath work. They can still do the mindset. They can still do, you know, everything else. Right. And eventually they might get to the point that, okay, now I can, I can start doing a little bit more. So I do want to encourage pretty much almost anyone to check it out and give it a shot. Now talking about checking it out, where can people go and check it out? Yes. So flow state method, that's S T eight with an eight method.com best spots you'll see all the videos you can do a trial and see how you go with it and yeah you spot on like even like i'm in i'm in a hotel at the moment without dumbbells so i've been doing my own workout until the section that needs weights and you know it, it's still a good workout and i'm only you know it's, it's not the full workout but luckily i'm i'm getting out and outdoors and surfing and running as well um but yeah and that's what i want people to do with the program you know they might be a triathlete or a professional you know crossfit games athlete so you might have to train that way for four, or if you're a surfer, if it's surfing six foot perfect waves, you're not going to do flow state that day. You go surf and get barreled. But on the next week when it's, you know, there's no swell and the wind's off, well, you do this every day. And that's what I want people to be able to use this as a tool to be able to do, hey, if I have to do it for a whole month straight and follow the cycle and keep going, great. But hey, if I want to integrate other parts of my sports or whatnot, this is going to enhance that sport and create you to be a much well, more well-rounded athlete. And we do so much work on the mindset of flow and through our visualizations and just the breath work alone. Like, like it's funny, last night or yesterday, I, was, I come down with something and um, was just really off and I wasn't in flow and I couldn't get in flow, couldn't get my creativity, couldn't get my visions or just couldn't, couldn't find it. So anyway, I did an extended 15-minute breath work, Wim Hof style, and I swear to God, that little bit of a fever was gone in an instant. It was unbelievable. And, and all of a sudden, I had my creativity. So I truly believe, and if you, if you read the book, you know, breath work is connecting you to your higher self, to spirit, to some kind of cosmic force. It's releasing tension. It helps your body oxygenate and fight off little fevers or whatever it has. So the difference in people's lives, just from even the yoga we do daily, the breath work, the visualization, like it's, it's so, bar, so far beyond beyond the fitness. What I tell people a lot about breath work, there is a physiological reason, obviously, in terms of the exchange of CO2 and, and oxygen, but really the, the, the easiest way to 
to visualize this whole thing. And what, to the example that you just gave, you know, you're having a little bit of a fever. If we think of our bodies, of everything that we have is, is a finite amount of resources that we have to keep us alive, to maintain our balance, our muscles, and to fight off infections. Sometimes we do get to that limit. We do hit that limit. And that's why we really cannot concentrate because we're using up all of our resources into doing something else. And that's why we start getting some inflammation because our cells cannot really keep it up. And we start getting some a little bit of a fever. And with breath work in this manner, the Wim Hof method and something that you, which isn't the Wim Hof method, but very similar to what you're currently doing. What I equate that to is that when when your computer is like super slow and you you suddenly you just shut it down and you reboot it, it's the same thing. You kind of like put your body into this reset where you're kind of like saying, okay, let's shut down everything for a second and let's reassign all these different resources. And suddenly, boom, you no longer have that inflammation because your mind isn't centered on all those worries of things that might have happened that could have happened that didn't happen. The rest of your mindset isn't isn't focused on something else. Your body kind of like also rests. So breath work is a great way to just center yourself and, and it's part of any mindfulness practice, which is something that I have been doing for a while. And that's why I also liked being there. And it's amazing. It's power when you share something like the experience that you ran into of just, you know, getting you back on the saddle and the creative and Focus. I went that quick. It was just like, wow, that that's that's fast. Like it literally happened that quick. I was, I couldn't believe it. Actually, um, yes, it's good to see when the science and you know is there and and the theory is there beyond science. Sometimes the bit of spiritual spirituality meets science in a theory. And I think when you get those two, that's what I like about breathwork. There's a lot of science and there's a lot of mystique about it. <laughs> Yeah. But when you stop and think about it, all of these things, all of this mystique that you mentioned is is just simply stuff that we didn't understand. I mean, if you looked at things a thousand years ago, we thought that, you know, rain happened because the gods were angry. It simply meant that we didn't understand how it worked and have the stuff in our bodies. We still don't fully understand why that happens, right? So you can call it mystique. You can call it woo-woo. And that's what I always tell people, like, call it whatever you want. But the truth of the matter is that it works. And I think that after the, you know, from the 70s, 80s, 90s, we started specializing. And, and this happened a lot in medicine that I noticed. But it also happened all over the world where people started, like, really just narrowing down their focus. Like you said, oh, fitness. So it's just lifting heavy stuff. And that's everything. And now we're starting to realize like, no, I think we backed ourselves into a corner a lot of the times and a lot of the things that we do, you know, work-life balance, exercise, diets, medicine, when you look at it and, and now a doctor is a sub, 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 sub specialist that the guy only sees, you know, big toes of the left feet. And it's crazy because we realize that we're more holistic about everything. So that's another thing why I think an approach and a workout and a routine like the one you've put together is so powerful. And I'm very interested in seeing now that you go to a much larger scale, I'm very interested to start seeing some of the results that people start experiencing from this, both beginners and experienced exercisers. Yeah. And I think there's elite athletes that will highly, highly, highly benefit from this because I know a lot of elite athletes that don't do any yoga, they don't do any Pilates and they don't do any mobility or breath work. I'm like, oh my God, you guys have got millions and millions and millions of dollars on the line and you're not doing super 
crucial. Or even forget about that. Imagine that it's not it's not even about their career right now. How often do you see, I mean, in your case in Australia, you see this with rugby players and in America, we see that with football players, with soccer players, and they retire and they're crippled. They're literally crippled at 35. <laughs> you know, they, they cannot walk. They need a cane. They start putting on weight uh, simply because they never really took care of their bodies. That's sad. Yeah, and, they, and there's such a painkiller issue in sport because of that. And they, they end up on painkillers and that comes with obviously a lot of risks of addiction, but that, that's a common common story. But And I think it's happening even, and I felt like that was happening to me just by being too in the gym. So I think there's going to be a lot of stiff, sore bodies, you know, in my generation, that Gen Y, for just doing way too much weights and being out of balance. And we're so extreme. Like everyone's like, oh, I hate Donald Trump or I love him. There's not too many people that go, oh, he's a bit of an idiot, but he's done this really well. There's not many people that they're either, I'm fully vegan or I'm eating and now everyone's just eating meat. I'm a carnivore. I only eat meat this lunch and tea. It's like, why? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, it's kind of like always like super narrowing our, our focuses. Before we wrap things up, there's another very interesting concept, and it's something that I have thought about this, and I actually discussed with my with Evelyn, with my wife, when I started reading the book that you sent uh, our way, and it is the importance of actually getting our kids involved in something like this. So right now we've got a two and a half, and he's completely aware. He joins us in our workouts. He breathes. It's so funny because we're at my in-laws right now, and my wife was helping my mother-in-law start an exercise uh, regime, and she was like really dying out there. And my son, at two and a half, he would approach her and say like, oh, grandma, just breathe. <sighs> because every time he throws a tantrum, we tell him to breathe, and it calms him down. So now he understands that power like inherently. So it was so funny to see that yesterday. He was just approaching her. He's like, just breathe, breathe. <laughs> So I think this is also a great tool for families to work together because if there's different intensities but essentially the same flow or the same kind of exercises, there's no reason why you cannot do this with your kids. Oh, absolutely. And I think even, you know, the way of the flow is, you know, finding opportunity and blessings in chaos. Like imagine if we all got taught that as kids. Hey, when something really bad happens to you, actually find the opportunity, keep flowing. It's probably got a, it's a divine, it's part of your divine path. If we all started thinking like that, I just wonder, you know, depression's obviously such a massive global issue right now. If everyone thought like that, was able to release stress, release anxiety through breath and yoga, what can we get rid of from, you know, kids through to the elderly just through some really basic stuff? Like it's like breathing. Like when your wife's having a her second child and she's struggling, what are they going to say? Breathe. <laughs> you know, you watch FBI, these FBI shows and the poor kids just witnessed a murder. What do they say? Okay, now, honey, just please, just breathe, just breathe. You know, so it's in these, we use it in the most crucial, crucial times of our life, but we don't bring it into our everyday life, which causes us to have these long-term problems. Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, on on that vein, I do want to, I do want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the work that you do and for, not only recognizing this for yourself, which is something that a lot of people do, they recognize that they need something and they put it together, but for having that openness and that generosity to put something together that will be able to benefit so many other people because it's very easy to keep something like this to yourself. And I'm sure that there's some other people that have something similar, right? But being able to put something together, willing really to put in the hours and the effort and the money because after all, this started as a small little project of yours that, you know, I, I know a little bit more than, than what you shared. 
and the investment that goes behind filming and, and putting together the videos and the exercises and, and, and all those things simply so that you can put it out there and, and share it with the world. I think it's a great addition. I think it's a great contribution that you're making. So I, I definitely do want to acknowledge you for, for doing that. No, thank you very much. No, I definitely feel it's probably, you said I've done a lot, I, I, I've done a lot of businesses over the last 12 years, but I'd say this is the first one that I'm like, hey, I can repeat this for the rest of my life. Where you know I used to look at people like Darren Hardy, and I'm like, why are they saying the same stuff every year? And now I realise I couldn't do it before because I never had any information that was probably <laughs> worth sharing for longer than a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or worth investing, you know, your next ten or fifteen or twenty years of your life doing the exact same thing. So I'm really happy that you found something that is that is so inspiring and that has such a great potential. Because if there's something that we need is this, we need this little bit of discipline in order for us to take control of our lives back. I can only imagine if more people had access to this. And even now that people are having access and we still see a lot of the world closed down because of COVID and they still have to live most of their lives indoors and they still have, they're limited to going out, being able to do something like this at home and, and being controlled because that's what's most important. Realize that your life doesn't happen to you, but in reality, you're in control of where it goes. And, and it all starts by mastering your own body and understanding how it works and just being in line with it and flow. Yeah. Find the flow. Who here lives his life with flow needs no other force. And I think it's true. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, completely, completely agree. So where can people go out? And you mentioned flowstatemethod.com. We're going to have that in the show notes. But where can people go and find out more about you? I don't know if there's a place where they can follow you, probably on social media or, or get in touch. or Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, all the usuals. But I'm, I'm going to spend a lot of time on the, on the Facebook community, which will be for people from the workout program and anyone that follows the book. Or if anyone doesn't want to buy the book or doesn't want to do the workout and just wants to know more about flow and be part of it you know i'm going to be pretty active on weekly um weekly calls and whatnot in the facebook community so keep an eye out for that perfect yeah well i'll make sure uh when you do have that link send it our way and we'll make sure to put that in the in the show notes as well all right perfect so normally i ask all of our guests to give us a, a couple of pieces of actionable advice but i think you've spent the entire conversation talking about these actionable pieces of advice and it's just a matter of really understanding and learning and, and getting into it if that's not the case do you have any like specific nuggets two or three pieces of actionable advice that people could start applying right away yeah yeah well i think if you know outside the book and the and the program i think number one is learn to let go it's the number one rule of flow let go of the mind let go of overthought let go of tension in the body and the best way to do that is just breathe into it and release and just spending you know a couple of minutes per day letting go and just consciously letting go of the body the mind and just whatever thoughts come in whatever tension comes in you breathe into it and just dump it release so i think breath is the ultimate one number two is how else do you find flow movement i love movement whether that's walking stretching dancing find a bit of time to just get the body moving the body loves movement um, it'll get you into flow. And number three, probably the most underrated one, I think, and I talk about in the book, is just a bit of good music. If you want to get into flow, the power of isolation, just by yourself, dance, sing, spend some time in, with a bit of music and just letting go and having a bit of fun because I think people are too serious these days. What are people thinking of me? And we've kind of lost our childlike playfulness, ability to sing, dance, act because we're too worried what other people think. 
So yeah, that'll be my three. What is it? Breathe, uh, move, sing, and dance. <laughs> That's amazing. I think. I think, and we hadn't really explored into that one, but I think, yeah, having fun. People forget to have fun, or they think that it's not okay to have fun. Oh, I'm, I'm a serious adult, and and I I run into this. You know, you know this, and most of our listeners know that my business that actually pays the bills is coaching doctors and consulting with with healthcare practice owners to improve their business and create a personal brand and, and all these kind of things. And, and, and probably the biggest issue that we run into is you don't have to be the stuck up doctor all the time. Like, honestly, have fun. Talk about things that you enjoy. There's nothing inherently wrong with you, you know, talking or, or showing that you're a, a soccer fan or, or talking about skateboarding or surfing or those kind of things. You enjoy those things. And people want to relate with other people. And sure, that guy happens to be a doctor, but it's not necessarily they're going to connect to the doctor that is all, you know, completely stuck up and things like that. Plus, it's a lot more fun for you. <laughs> you're able to just come in and share stuff that you like. People are going to complain anyway, so you might as well have fun doing what you like. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So once again, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a, a great interview. For those of you listening at home, remember that all of the links to everything that we discussed, a way for you to get a hold of the book, to get a trial for the videos and the Flow State Method and the Facebook community that Dave's going to be running, all of that is in the show notes you know how that works. Just go to your podcast app, scroll down to the description, and you're going to see the links right there. Same thing if you're watching in YouTube, you know where the description is. I don't really need to point you in that direction anymore. Having said that, I hope you'll join us here next Wednesday with another episode. One final question before we say goodbye, Dave, did you have a good time here in the Highwood Health Show? Of course. (laughs) That sounds great. So thank you everyone for joining us and I'll see you here next week. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Dave Nelson. I hope you enjoyed listening to it, but more importantly, I hope it's piqued your interest enough to check out his flow state program and start improving your mind, health, and wellness. As usual, I'd love to know what was your favorite takeaway. Tag me on Instagram or connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think. By the way, remember that you can find the links to everything we discussed in this episode in the show notes. You scroll down to this episode's description on your podcast app and tap on the appropriate link. Speaking of links, remember to check out podcastinabox.co for all your podcasting needs. If you're a busy entrepreneur looking to grow a personal brand and still trust in your clients, there is no better way to do it than with a podcast. To learn how the team at Podcast in a Box can help you do just that, simply head on over to podcastinabox.co and find out more. Oh, and if you already have a podcast but find it hard and time-consuming to keep up, they can help with that as well. Seriously, and well, I might be a little bit biased here, but the team's amazing. Just head on over to podcastinabox.co and let them know that Dr. E sent you. That is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You've been listening to Dave Nelson and Dr. E talk about the importance of being in flow. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you here next week. And remember, you are on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there.